Will you join me as we look into 1 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning? 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This year we've been talking about discipleship. I'm going to start today a series called The Champion's Race. A series of four sermons which uses the analogy of a race, start line to finish line, and things that come in between, and talking about specifically discipleship to help encourage us to be disciples. If you recall, throughout the year, we've talked about things like uh, Bible reading and meditation. We started the year actually with that. Then we went to uh, the discipline of prayer and say, hey, prayer is so important for us for disciples. These are specific ways for us to, to employ our discipleship. Fasting, we, we talked about solitude. And we also talked about uh, the Word of God being the distinct message from God for us that we can trust and lean into along the way. These are all specific things to help uh, guide us in discipleship. This series is going to be a little bit different where it's giving us overarching principles that we need to hold on to and remember as uh, we consider discipleship. Today we talk about the starting line for the disciple. The starting line for the disciple, I'm going to talk to you about being at the foot of the cross where we have to engage our heart and our mind in commitment to Jesus Christ and His moving. So I have this phrase, this sentence as an overarching theme for this morning, a thesis perhaps. It's this, champion running is choosing to run with a committed heart and with a directed mind that follows Jesus. The word champion is there not because we are anything special or unique, The word champion is there because we have a victory in Jesus Christ at the cross. Amen? It's theirs for us. He has won the victory for us, and because we're a part of that family, we are champions. This type of running or living out of life. Now, I know some of you aren't going to go out and run 5Ks as a result of this sermon series. That's not the point, right? So you make the analogy, right? Champion running or living a life of faith, it's choosing to run. So there is an individual component where each of us has to make choices on a daily basis whether we're going to be a part of this. I can't decide it for you. I can encourage you. You can encourage me. But I can't choose it for you. Champion running is choosing to run. Committed heart. We're going to talk about that in the sermon with a committed heart and with a directed mind that follows Jesus. The text, the scripture this morning from 1 Corinthians, I believe from Paul, is like the message that a coach, a trainer would give The athlete in the locker room or at the start line huddling up and saying, listen, let me give you this word of encouragement to keep you going and to encourage you to go. He says this, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it. We go into strict training to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize." Let's talk about the champion's heart. The champion's heart. He says to them in an encouraging way, run in such a way as to get the prize. He wants you to care. 
He wants you to be all in. There's a big difference in coaching an athlete who's forced to be there by parents or by some other system than one who chooses to be there. Have you ever seen an athlete just go through the motions? And the athlete who is there and uncertain of their commitment, the training and racing can become mechanical or unmotivated. The uncommitted athlete might know the right things to say. They might know the right way to move. They might even know how to dress the part, but their heart commitment limits the way they drive towards the goal. Their lack of heart commitment will keep them from achieving their best. And it may even hinder their teammates and display a tug of war over allegiances. Champions run with an undivided heart. They're committed to the cause. They train and compete with a heart that's given to the goal. They say, I'm in. I am in. When the identification of Christians is, is asked, are there Christians? They don't have to say, they don't wonder. They say, I am. I'll stand up. Someone once asked Jesus, what's the greatest command? Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and strength. So the champion's heart is undivided. We are followers of Jesus, and we're going after him. You can't be wavering in this road of faith, this race of faith. You've got to go after him. For an athlete who competed in the games, even those first games 2,000-some years ago, to show physical strength and stamina, they had to commit. They had to commit to training. They had to count the cost of this training that leads to the race. They must commit th throughout the training and commit within the race. For us, this commitment is daily. Jesus says to us as disciples, pick up your cross daily and follow me. This is a daily opportunity to commit our hearts to him. Paul said that this training is strict. They go into strict training to get a prize, a crown that will not last. The temporary prize will wear out. You even become disinterested in it after a while. On the third floor of the church, back in here, there are several boxes full of trophies from some of you who are on bowling teams, I believe. I was thinking about the strict training that goes into being on a bowling team. What's required of that? Maybe some knee bends or some stretching. <laughs> Any of you on those bowling teams? Do you remember the strict training? There's no training, I don't think. Not a whole lot. Maybe just repetition. Anyway, those trophies are in boxes. They're dusty. Some of the heads of the bowlers have broken off from moving. All right? They wear out. They break. But there was still strict training, at least for these runners in these games. Man-made trophies that meant so much in the moment, they can often find their way into boxes and collect dust. Paul teaches the church, using the analogy of running, to think about how we ought to live our lives. He says, if we do strict training to win a prize for the temporary... How much more should we train ourselves and run for an eternal prize? Paul implores us to have an undivided heart for the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can fulfill the God-given commission given to us. When you are in Christ, you step into him through faith. You are given an ultimate 
Commission, an ultimate purpose to spread the good news of Jesus and make disciples of all nations. We're made for more than just survival. Working the week, getting a paycheck, paying the bills. We're made for more than temporary pleasures. Getting the bills paid and having enough money for me to to buy my hobbies and my toys. Even for the actual athlete who competes in the actual race, your purpose is greater than the competition. Even in the highest level of athlete. Following his 2008 Olympic marathon run in Beijing, Brian Sell testified that he did not have the motivation to continue to find that edge to train with the intensity he needed to be a top performer. Running over 130 miles per week took its toll on him, right? Day after day to stay hungry, to stay there, to to be able to do this, to earn an income. He realized, he admitted that he needed to care for his family because it was a higher, he had a higher purpose than just running races. And he admitted, I need a job that's not dependent on running well. As we consider the greatest purpose of our lives, to know Jesus and to make him known, how much more should we discipline our bodies to do what is healthy and to avoid the unhealthy? A healthy Paul, he says, I, I want to connect to people no matter where they are. To the weak, he says, I become weak. To the Jew, he relates to them as a Jew. To the Gentile, I can speak and become like a Gentile. If he did not train his body and beat his body and control it, some of his actions that he could have done would disqualify him for doing the very thing. He says in 1 Corinthians 9, 22 and 23, he says, For the sake of the gospel that he, Paul, may share in its blessings, I become all things. Paul had to be relational in his witness among the people. It was crucial. He cautioned us, the church. He says, some of you, we need to do the same thing. But watch out, he says, be careful that you don't fall. He warned them about things that our flesh can desire that pulls us away from the mission of Jesus in the kingdom. It can happen. We can get caught up in things that keep us away from what our heart should be committed to fully. So is your heart committed to following Jesus? I towed the start line of a 5K, 10K race with my older brother. And I had been into running for a little bit. My older brother, Scott, was a baseball player. He was not a distance runner, but he would do a 5K occasionally. But we stood there in the start line together, excited to be doing it side by side. And when the starting gun went off, we tore off that line like brothers racing the world. We're going after it. We were committed. About 30 seconds into the race, panting, he says to me, Mark, when do we slow down? And I looked at him, kind of a weird question. I said, this is the pace. He says, I'm slowing down. Now, I wasn't that fast, but I was faster than Scott. Commitment to following Jesus doesn't mean that we run at the same speed or even in the same 
service or do the same task, but it does mean that the body of Christ, we are dependent upon each other. This body functioning and working for Jesus, committed to Him, is only as strong as its weakest point. If the foot's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, and the hands are fully committed, we won't function at full ability. We're dependent upon each other to be committed. Running in such a way to get the prize means that we have a champion's heart committed to Jesus. So we toe the line. Every day as you get up and give the opportunity to live and and go in the race again for Jesus Christ, for faith, you toe the line with a committed heart as a champion because of the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Be committed. Don't be unwavering. Don't be fuzzy about it. I'm in the race for Jesus. Is your heart committed? We also have to engage our mind. So let's talk about the champion's mind. Paul says, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. On Friday morning, Friday afternoon, uh, Tracy and I went to support the Owen J. Roberts cross-country teams. They were racing at Lehigh University. Um, This is a picture of the JV start Um, Matthew was in this race on Friday. We looked out on this expansive grass field, and there was a thousand runners lining up to start this race. Imagine it, a thousand. Now, the race is going to funnel down at the end of this field into a path that's about from me to the piano, right? So (laughs) there's an intensity. There's a great movement of people that we could actually hear And feel as the ground shook with a thousand races, feet coming this way. It was an impressive sight to see, and we were excited. We stood along the path, anticipating the runners to go by. But I saw something that I don't think many people saw. Soon after the start, I saw one runner on the extreme right of the pack. It would be left facing me. At some point, this runner made a right-hand turn, left the pack, and ran into the crowd, the spectators. I'm thinking, what was that? Fortunately, no other runners followed him into the crowd, off the course. My best guess is that he was involved in some prank that he knew he had to bail from so that his teammates would not be disqualified. He says, I'll jump in this race. I'll start it with you, but I'm not supposed to be here. I'll just sneak out. He was running aimlessly, it looked like. Paul said to the church, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. The champion's mind knows that there is a course that's marked for us as followers of disciples of Jesus, and it engages the mind to finding it and staying on course. Jesus said these words, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. He says, enter through the narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many many enter through it, but small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. you got to engage your mind to think about that path and that course and finding it and staying on it. If you go to the start line of your day's race without direction, without purpose, without remembering the cross of Christ, not recalling who you are in Him, 
Boy, the day can move you in lots of directions, can it? It can actually shove you off the path or entice you to go in any direction. The champion's mind finds direction in Christ and from Christ. You can have a heart that is committed to Christ, eager to serve, to love, to do, to go. And you can be so engaged, so committed that you can, you can sometimes get off course or you can get ahead of God or just burn out. I ran the Philadelphia Marathon in 2004, my first marathon. I was so excited. I had trained so hard. You got to remember, I was a baseball player out in high school and in college. So this running stuff I, I, I got into through Tracy. But through years, I learned how to become a distance runner and putting in the miles. And, and I was so excited through the first half of it. We were in the city of Philadelphia. There were people all over the place. Crowds were cheering. My family was there. Go, yeah. I was swept up in it so committed. My heart was there. I ran so fast that I knew soon after the halfway point, I was in trouble because I hadn't engaged my mind to pace myself or to provide nourishment for my body. I thought it would be there at the water shops. I thought there would be oranges or bananas or, or some kind of gels for us to take, but there wasn't. And I knew that after that almost hour and a half in the first part of the, of the marathon, I am in big trouble. And sure enough, in the second half, I hit the wall. Low blood sugar in my body caused blurry vision. I thought at one point, certainly, there'll be people that find me lying alongside the road. They'll throw me in the ambulance and my family will find me. I couldn't see in front of me. Right? I, so I had to walk. My body was screaming to walk for about 10 miles anyway. Hard to pick my legs up. My body was starting to break down muscle for energy. I thought I was going to die. I swore to myself, I will never run a marathon again. I'm going to learn to play the piano. <laughs> I ended up finishing the race, but it was, it was ugly. It was sad. The point is, if you don't engage your mind with your heart, you won't be running the race in the way you're supposed to be. Paul says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. The champion's mind needs to be discerning. Discerning for specific calling into areas where their gifts are best served to forward the mission. Paul's task was to preach the gospel to others. He knew it he did not flail along in his service to Jesus, doing everything that was possible, but that which was most beneficial. He didn't just punch at the air. He punched at the competition, landing. He ran on the course. So what does it mean to develop a champion's mind? It means exploring the Lord's mind and his thoughts so that we can think the way he thinks about service, about people, about truth, about interacting with the world. It means listening for his instruction to you and checking out the signs that are in the Bible which direct our running. Paul says a champion from the start line of the race to the finish line, they should not run aimlessly. You should not run out of bounds chasing things. He told the church what those things were. He called them out for it. If you keep reading in this passage, 
A few paragraphs, he says, he calls out, you should not chase things like pagan revelry. You should not be chasing after sexual immorality. The champion's mind is able to see the eternal perspective. It's easy to get caught up in the race and get consumed with the temporary. I fight this battle during the OJR cross-country season. I want my son to be so, you know, there and the best and whatever, and I get caught up in the temporary realizing there are huge things and bigger pictures that God's working through in this, right? And I have to just go through this in my own mind. I humble myself and say, settle down, Mark. Settle down, Dad, right? Check yourself. Paul's mindset, his encouragement is to think about the eternal. It's a priority on the heavenly kingdom when he states, we do it. We control our bodies and its cravings to get a crown that will last forever. For Paul, the prize was fulfilling his calling to share the gospel message of Jesus. It resulted in the conversion of many whom he later points to. He says, I don't boast in many things, but I'm going to boast in this church over here. These people who are doing it, they're on the course because of the gospel. And also for the promise of heavenly rewards for faithful service. You know how easy it is to get caught up in the temporary? Some of you today felt like wearing sackcloth and coming in with ashes and dust on you because Penn State lost to Ohio State yesterday. I just can barely get up and go today. Or if the Eagles lose today, or the Steelers, or whatever your team... Uh, listen, let's keep it in perspective, okay? Let's keep it in perspective. We're here, not that we can't enjoy temporary things and competitions, but we can learn from it and keep it in perspective. Wednesday night, we're gathering with about a dozen men, and you're welcome to join us, men. We're gathered around God's Word with the intent to let it shape us into godly servants. One of the themes that came out of the text for us this week was the, was the role or theme of self-control in our lives. When the disciple of Jesus comes to the start line through faith, we're given a helper called the Holy Spirit to help remind us of how to stay on this path, this course that he's marching out. If we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, his voice tells us when it's right and also when it's wrong. And one of the fruits or things that it produces in, in us is self-control. In the race of faith, God wants us to be fully committed with our hearts, but He also wants our minds, which control our bodies. Don't check your mind at the door. Christianity wants you to engage your mind fully to think and to know God's ways and His thoughts. Be thinking, be learning, be listening, be growing. We'll finish by talking about the champion's race. We've talked about the champion's heart. The champion's heart has to be fully committed. The champion's mind has to be able to be directed and engage the thoughts of Christ, staying on course, being in self-control. The champion's race. If you've ever actually been in a foot race where you and the other runners toe the line or you get ready for the starter signal, there's a moment typically where you have that a second or two to collect yourself and to think about what's about to happen. What am I going to do? Gearing up to go. The starting line for faith is at the cross of Jesus. 
It's here that we come to commit our lives to Him and to offer our hearts and minds to Him. I'm going to tell you that there are great obstacles and adventures and hills and valleys in the race of faith. You have to be committed wholeheartedly to go through. But there is something that causes our hearts to be caught and to be given over to such a great calling. Jesus described as John 1, as the Word, the eternal God, who was with God and was God. He took on flesh. He joined the race of humanity. He came in love to display the course for us. He has captured the hearts of millions throughout history and even today by pouring out His life on the cross. Don't ever think that you are alone or that you're not loved. God met the standard that He has set for us to be qualified to live with Him for eternity. The standard that was needed was the perfect race, not just one race, but every single race, every single day, every single moment. Any impure thought about the coach? Disqualified. Any selfish thought or action against a teammate? Disqualified. Any disregard for the ultimate authority, either in violation of a rule or in disregard to a command, causes you to miss the standard. The standard for entrance into heaven is so high and fast that no one on their own merit qualifies. But Jesus says, I will qualify you by taking on your sin and shame so that we won't have to and we recognize our need for him. He'll grant us the status of forgiven. He'll give us a new title called a child of God. And he'll say, you are my champion and you're on this race with me. The death and resurrection of Jesus done for the ones he loved provides an entrance into the eternal kingdom of God. So at the cross, at the cross, you come where millions have lined up, fallen to their knees and says, Jesus, I need you. This is where we begin the race of faith and take on the title of a champion. We stand victorious in Jesus Christ. Today, as in every day, look to Jesus. Remember the cross and how his love has captured our hearts. It doesn't matter if you started this race last year or you've been on this race for 50 years, 60 years, the cross is moving with you. Look to it in the morning of your day and say, this is why my heart is committed. Because God loved me so much, I'm going to run today for him. That's your image you take with you to go. You commit to following Jesus. Let your response say, I love you, Lord. I'm all in. I desire to please you. And worship you, and you surrender your minds to knowing God's thinking and to be teachable followers so that you can stay on the path and run with perseverance. Committed hearts, teachable minds, with the cross before us and the world behind us. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. Commitment. There's no turning back.
no turning back. The cross is before me, the world's behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. Champions, are you ready to race? That was a little bit like your good morning, Todd. <laughs> Champions, are you ready to race? Yeah. Oh, man, don't you want to be fired up for that? You can be fired up in church. You can. God wants you to be fired up to run after him. Let's pray together. Oh, God, thank you for the chance to be in this race. You have qualified us, Jesus, to be in a race that sets us apart from the world. Oh, Lord, help us to keep our eyes fixed upon you, Jesus, to run this race. And as we stand here at the start line, Lord, we remember that your cross is there. Your cross is the marker in which we enter into this race. Help us not to forget that, Lord. So take our hearts, Lord. Fill them with your love. Help us to be fully committed in our hearts, undivided and want to serve you. And Lord, we also offer our minds to you that we might offer it on a daily basis to think about your words, to think about your promises, to think about your commands, to think about our commission to let the world see that we are running for Jesus, with Jesus, and to Jesus. All for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.